Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Happy Friday. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor. And it's not just Friday, Ray. It's Friday the 13th. I'm going to play Jason. <laughs> so we, will, we don't want to scare you with sports talk, but we want you to have fun because sports is definitely fun and not scary. So give us a call, 718-664-9098, NBA Playoffs. Our NBA Top 5 Centers, we're continuing our Top 5 Series right now and some NHL playoffs. Ray, let's start with it, man. It happened, and it might be the last time we see Big Timmy walk off the court. I had to take some pictures. Might not ever see him again in that Spurs jersey. OKC took care of business in six games. They're on their way to Western Conference Finals. What did you think about last night and the way that they dominated, even though the Spurs, you know, valiantly came back and Duncan played great, but the Spurs just not enough athletes and could not handle the onslaught of everybody from OKC. So throughout the season, OKC was the dark horse. Uh, Even though they came in third in the conference you know, we kept joking, anytime you have two of the top five players in the NBA, you're never out of it. Well, that's true, and now that they rebound like gangbusters, I mean, they just crushed San Antonio on the boards, and they're playing better defense, this team is about as good as it gets. What I will say, though, is that the Western Conference really has three teams that are legitimate, legitimate NBA champion contenders, and any of these three teams would be a great representative for, for the West. So San Antonio goes out 4-2, and when you look back in history, you'll say, ah, they weren't as good as these other teams. They were just as good as OKC and Golden State, just a bad matchup. Like you said, too many athletes. San Antonio has one athlete in Kawhi Leonard, and everybody else are really good basketball players, but just this matchup was just bad. It's a bad matchup. And it's ironic that they won the first game. It may be the worst thing that happened to them to win that first game by 32. And then they lose four of the next five. They were all competitive games, but they lost four of the next five. So if it's Tim Duncan's last game, I'm sorry to see him go, but it should be. I believe it should yeah. be his last game. It's he time. is a shell of himself, and it, he hit the wall fast. This year, really, he hit the wall fast. And they protected him with the minutes and everything. But he's had a great career, 19 years, five championships. That's fantastic. Oh, but he played well last night, and that was good to see. If he's going to go out, he went out, you know, swinging and, and fighting and scoring and, you know, doing what Tim can do. But I think you said it best. After game one and then after, you know, and still game two, LaMarcus was, was dominant. But putting Adams, who's so athletic and really so talented, on LaMarcus, and he kind of like, you know, put the gloves on him instead of Ibaka, I think it really changed the series. And that blowout kind of woke OKC up. I really feel that. 
and it made them realize, okay, we've got to really focus, stop the turnovers, stop the bad shots. And I think we all know Russell Westbrook, he was the difference because when he decides to not just take it over offensively, but when he decides to say, I'm going to get waiters involved, I'm going to get Adams and Cantor going, and he distributes, you know, and let's be honest, that, that the com- combination of Adams Cantor is sort of, you know, maybe the best center in the NBA, right? We're going to do our top five centers, but if you combine the two of them, you know, in the series, they were both, you know, if you put them together, they were getting like 30 and 20 or something like that rebounds and scoring. So you got to like that. And, you know, you tip your hat. I mean, you had Spurs Cavs in the finals. We both went over away from the, you know, defending champs and the favorites and I have OKC Cavs. So I'm still swinging and, you know, we'll talk about it on Monday show and preview the Western conference finals. Cause they start Monday, you know, they get, they get a couple of days off. But I really, I'm really fascinated to see if they can sort of get over the regular season hump and really make this a seven-game series and potentially beat the Warriors. Because we know on paper and in real life, OKC's got the talent. It's just really, I think, the muscle memory, you know, the, the muscle and mental discipline to take them down. And... Um, there's not much else. You said what you said about Timmy, and I can't really add anything. He's the best power forward of all time. We know his titles. And I think it'd be fitting for him and Kobe to go out the same year, but him to go out quietly. And, you know, we talked about this era, right, of Jeter, Manning, Kobe. Well, Duncan's there, too, you know, and he's just been the quiet version of those guys. But it's the end of a sports era and this past 20 years, 18 years, we've been blessed with those four gentlemen. So uh, we, we, we tip our hat. Tonight, Ray, what happened? I mean, t- can Toronto even win in Miami to close it out? Dwayne Wade, I feel like, look, injuries are too much. Whiteside might not return ever. But I just think Miami's got enough to push it to game seven in Toronto. But if DeRozan and Lowry are sort of awakened and someone else can contribute, could Toronto get this game six in Miami without Dang and Whiteside? Oh, it's tough. Um, it would require two other people beside Dwayne Wade stepping up. So if it's Goran Dragic, Joe Johnson, the, we talked about this before, they all score roughly the same places on the court. So uh, they have enough. I, I do think they have enough, and maybe the home crowd helps them and, and gets them over the hump. Um, I'm not sure they can go into Toronto and win, especially if they're not healthy. So, yeah, let's go with Miami tonight. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why, why not? Why not? And, you know, maybe it's time for um, Winslow to, you know, make an appearance as a, a young developing player to help Joe Johnson and Dwayne Wade and maybe Drogic if he's not getting his teeth knocked out or bloody nose, bloody lip, black eye, <laughs> maybe Drogic can uh, help carry them. I, listen, you want to see Toronto kind of handle that type of pressure on a game seven at home. You know, last series, it wasn't as much pressure, but against a Wade who could say, Hey, I'll score 38, you know, let's see if they could close out on the road more impressive. But could they, you know, handle that onslaught of whatever Miami's best is game seven in Toronto? 
But I, I definitely think it will go game seven. And so we'll see how that all plays out. And then Monday we'll preview the other series. But I, I got a feeling that Cleveland, man, the, the, the way that they're playing and sharing the ball, and granted, they're probably not going to shoot the same percentage of threes, Ray. But I think it's more about the change of their mindset of everybody touching it, Kevin Love and Kyrie having sort of their confidence and their swag back that I think whether it's Miami or Toronto, either team would be lucky to push it to six games. I would probably say Cleveland and five for either team. What what would you think? Yeah, I think Cleveland's on a roll. The only thing that might happen is they might be rusty in game one. Uh, They probably will sit out for what, a, a week, the better part of a week already they're waiting to play. So maybe you catch them a little bit rusty, but there's no reason to think that either Miami or Toronto, especially if Whiteside and Valanchunas are both down uh, integral parts of their rotation, that they could even win a game. I mean, at best it's five, but it's probably 50-50 whether it's four or five. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, true. So do you think that there was enough advancement in beating the Spurs that from now on, no matter what happens, Durant would at least stay in OKC for one more year so that him and Westbrook would be free agents together. That's sort of the other question that's floating around. I think so. I think he's probably confident enough in himself, in Westbrook, in Billy Donovan, and now in Adams, Cantor, and Ibaka, and maybe even in a Dion Waiters, that he'll say to himself, you know what, let's roll together again. This is assuming they lose, right? Let's say they lose this series to the – obviously, if they go to the finals, it gives them more confidence. But let's say they lose to the Golden State Warriors. So there's no shame in losing to the team that has the best record in NBA history, has the two-time MVP, and might be the two-time champions, right? So getting through San Antonio I thought was a big deal for him in terms of his confidence in his organization. So I think that this does, because the economics is in his favor to opt out next year or to wait a year or two, exactly. I think he does stay. I think he does stay because of the fact that he's got a great squad, he's got a great home court, and his organization is, is you know top-notch. You could argue about the roster, but the roster's doing their part so far. So I think he stays at least for a year. Yeah, that makes sense. So on the coaching front, man, it keeps getting interesting. Everywhere you go, you know, uh, Jaeger left Memphis. He goes to Sacramento after them interviewing about 35 gentlemen. And then now Scott Skiles steps down, I guess, a disagreement with management on, you know, how they want to play and, and, and get the team going even with all that young talent that we all love with Alfred Payton and Oladipo and Nikolai Vuvacek and, you know, the young and and dunk guy, Gordon, um, where do Orlando, Indiana, Houston, and the Knicks go? And I still throw it out there. Can Mark Jackson and Van Gundy get two of these four jobs or at least one of them get a job out of these four jobs? I mean, do you think so? Or is it just, am I reaching for something that's, not possible. Well, I don't know if it's a, if it's a, if it's a salary issue or if it's a, you know, old school, new school issue. And 
you would think one of them might get it if they keep raising their hand. I mean, they're, they're accomplished coaches. I mean, you know, I still have an issue with Jeff Van Gunny, how he just pulled the court and left New York midseason. I'm not oh, really into that. Yeah. Um, Mark Jackson got a raw deal in Golden State because he wasn't, you know, friendly with the incoming coaches or incoming owners, I should say. Um, but, yeah, I think they'll both end up someplace in the NBA. They might be asking for too much money for, for you know, for an NBA owner's perspective. Um, Scott Skiles, that's another one that baffles me. One year and he's gone. Apparently he didn't like the way the roster was shaping up, and yet he made those trades to get rid of Tobias Harris um, and bring on his guys from uh, – and Channing Fry and bring on his guys from Milwaukee. So the guys he traded away are doing much better than the guys he brought on, right? Brandon Jennings and Arison Eliasova, they didn't, you know, perform as well as they would have liked. So maybe, he, you know, he's saying to himself, Peyton and Oladipo, I don't love that backcourt. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe Scott Skiles takes one of these jobs. Well, Scott Skiles an ornery dude, though, but he's a coach. <laughs> Yeah, I don't so, think Larry Bird is going to hire Scott Skiles. Don't uh, hold your breath uh-huh. for that. <laughs> and it, I'd like to see Vogel. Maybe Vogel goes to Orlando. That might be interesting, you know. Yeah, I think like Jaeger, Vogel's going to get a job real fast. He'll get one of these four jobs. I no, mean, definitely. it's hard because, you know, one of the jobs is the job he left, so it's really three jobs. And then the next job's kind of tricky because if Phil wants somebody that comes from the Phil tree, that is – you know, yeah, I, mean, I think that's already rambus. To a handful of people. It's depressing me, but, you know. So let's let's get to it, man. Our segment, we're continuing. You know, we did the shooting guards last show. Let's talk about the top five NBA centers right now. And I guess the fascinating question is to see if Howard will make our top five. And we're talking about pure centers, not guys like LaMarcus, who's sort of a four. But um, Anthony Davis. Yeah, those are they're, they're legit fours. But right now, I guess the, the two that would battle up at the top, to me, and I want to figure out and see what you think, um, the obvious is DeMarcus Cousins, you know. But I think the one that's not obvious is Andre Drummond, who statistically, you know, in terms of, like, fantasy stats and, and, and you know, money ball and all that, had, a, a you know, a better season than anybody at the center position. But – that statistics, you know, and he was averaging 16 points and 14 rebounds. But do you feel that Drummond is really ready to take that number one spot? Or is DeMarcus Cousins clearly, uh, let's say, all NBA number one best center in the league? Well, not so fast, my friend. Or do you like DeAndre Jordan? No, (laughs) I don't, actually. I think DeAndre Jordan's game will always be limited and he'll never be an elite elite center. I mean, he's, he, he contributes, but he'll never be, but I'll give right. somebody else who uh-huh. might be the best center. The guy I'm taking Carl Anthony towns wow. only played one year, only played one year so far, but yeah. he's got the highest upside. He got, he's got what seems to be the best head on his shoulders and he's not the, ridiculous athlete that Dwight Howard is, but he's not the pain in the neck that Boogie Cousins is. So that's, that's true. To me, and he had 18 I'm and 10 Carl and Anthony two, Towns. Two yeah. Yeah. I'm taking Carl Anthony Towns as, as my guy right now. Now, if you, if you tell me strictly on paper, 
and strictly on athleticism and what they can do and how they impact the game, I think it's DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, I, I, w- I would say that, you know, from a, from a, you know, what do your eyes tell you? It's DeMarcus Cousins, number one. But who I'm choosing is Carl Anthony Towns because he's, he's the man on both sides. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulder, smart kid, and I think he's going to dominate for many years to come. Yeah, when you have 18, 10, 2, and 2 with assists and blocks, you, you can't go wrong. And unfortunately, even that, when I look at Drummond, Drummond made the playoffs. And it's not like the Pistons have that As much a better roster way. than the Kings, right? And DeMarcus, he just can't even smell the playoffs. So, yeah, he gives you 26, 11, 3 assists, 1.5 steals, and 1.4 blocks. But Ray, he can't – I mean, basically 27 points because 26.9. He can't even sniff the playoffs. So that tells me, DeMarcus, there's so many other issues that those stats don't add up to. So, okay, let, let, let's, let's put it down. Let's say Carl Anthony is – we might be jumping the shark here, right, jumping the gun, whatever you want to call it. But let's put Carl at one and DeMarcus at two. Three is a debate because you've got – Drummond, Howard, Whiteside, Jordan. What do you think? Where do you think is is the place to go? Who is the third best center right now in the NBA? So that's a good question, and I think that it kind of depends on philosophy because Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan are kind of throwback centers who go against the modern day NBA grain a little bit where everybody's playing small ball, but their impact on the game is undeniable. So I would say that of those guys, I think, I think you're really talking about DeAndre Jordan, and uh, I don't think Hassan Whiteside has played enough to, to, to put in that number three spot at super elite, right? <laughs> you could argue, you just call Anthony Towns, but Carl Anthony Towns, game doesn't look like it has a weakness. I mean, this, this guy's pretty awesome. So you could argue between he and DeMarcus Cousins one and two, but let's say we put them as the top two. I would go with one of the traditional bigs. So I would go with uh, Andre Drummond or DeAndre Jordan, and I think that I give it to Drummond by a little bit of a, of a, a hair because I think his offensive game is better. I think they both dominate on the glass. They both are athletic. They both finish – you know, uh, nobody finishes like DeAndre Jordan. But in terms of impact on the game, I like Andre, I like uh, uh, Andre Drummond by a hair. So I'll go Drummond three, and then it's Jordan or Howard because I still don't think Whiteside is quite there yet. And then with his injury, who knows if it's anything serious. But I think he's right there at the outside looking in. Um, we'll probably debate. I think the debate becomes – Dwight Howard, right? Where would you put Dwight Howard? I mean, if, if you figure, who's your three, four, five? Well, I mean, I'll just say we'll we'll agree to put this together, right? So, Carl, Demarcus, Drummond, I have no problem with. I think four. Hassan does need to prove more, but I think he's he's right there. I think out of respect, and the, I guess the question is, how do we really view Al Horford? I mean, he's really a four, but he plays center. You know what I mean? So you can even throw him in the conversation. But I'd say, honestly, you got to put Howard over Jordan. 
but I feel like Jordan gives you so much with effort. That. You know, but I just think that right now Dwight Howard still, um, as much as he kind of disgusts me, and that TNT interview was fascinating on Tuesday night with uh, Jet, who was kind of, and Kenny was probably interviewing for that Rockets job right there, and Barkley just saying, you know, basically, Howard, why do you think people don't like you? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think Howard is, is three, Jordan four, and Whiteside five. I think that's how I would probably – Look at those guys. And then, honestly, a healthy Marcus Saul, you know, you, you probably say Marcus Saul is, is in the top five still, even though he seemed to drop off this year before he got hurt. How would you view Gasol in that mix? Yeah, I, I think age, Father Time is catching up to Gasol. You know, he won that defensive player of the year. We could argue if he, if he deserved oh, it. He but certainly never got that. He, he and Zebo were a nice combo. and his passing skills certainly differentiate him from most other centers, uh, even in today's NBA. But I think he, he's, he's behind all of them. I mean, I, I would take all of those guys, Drummond, maybe Jordan, but certainly Howard and Whiteside above Gasol. I just think they, their impact on the game is, is more felt every you know game in and game out. I think Gasol's a great player. I'd like to have him on my team. Well, offensively, but I don't know that he impacts the game the defense like those is there guys anymore. Do. You know, I don't think the defense is there anymore for Gasol, but offensively, he can score and pass. He's still pretty good on the boards, not as much as Zebo, but you're right. So I guess really so Howard we put Howard uh behind Drummond at 4 and 5 Jordan or Whiteside. I gotta, I gotta go Jordan, wouldn't you say? Because uh, yeah, I still not think consistent he's enough the benefit yet. of the doubt to the guy who's got a, a longer track record. We've seen what he can do. Who knows? Hassan Whiteside might get paid and might not work hard anymore. You know, he might get a big contract and then not bring his lunch bucket. Now we love these young guns, and they might not be ready to be in this conversation. But a healthy Rudy Gobert and my boy Nikolo Nikola Vuvacek. They're right there. I mean, I, I think Nikola Vucevic is very impressive to me, more fine-tuned than, you know, Rudy Gobert because he gives you offense. He gets the boards. You know, we kind of have left out both the Lopez brothers. I think, obviously, Robin doesn't have enough offense and Brooke doesn't have enough defense. Brooke doesn't stay healthy. But Vucevic, Maybe you could combine them and make a super Lopez. <laughs> Combine a Plumley and combine a Lopez and see where they rank. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Paul Gasol, you know, you got to say Paul Gasol is a four, but he played a lot at the five, but he, he'd definitely be in the top five if he was, you know, a pure center. But um, look at Nikolai, 18 and eight, Ray, basically 18 and nine, um, almost three assists and, and a block a game. How do you feel about my young Orlando Magic guy who's been pretty impressive? He's good. I like him. And his other Nikolai Pekovic up in Minnesota was, was on trend to uh, to be a top center. And then Carl Anthony Towns kind of came in and took the spotlight a little spot. bit from him. <laughs> but he's, he's, a, he's a player. Um, I want to see that Orlando team win some more games. So yeah. a lot of these guys, you know, unfortunately, good for, good for DeMarcus. Um, I mean, sorry, good for Andre Drummond for making the playoffs. Was, you know, they did get handled at the eighth seed, but n- no shame in making the playoffs. But I want to see a lot of these guys win more games, right, between Cousins and even Towns. Um, and your boy uh, Vucevic 
in Orlando. I want to see these big centers dominate statistically and in the win column. Right, and that's where I think you really start to prove something if you can win, and that's why I think definitely uh, we have to put Drummond because he really – he did, you know, listen, ask Cleveland. That series was rough going up against that young fella. Drummond is – he plays winning basketball. And, you know, yeah, Reggie Jackson and the guys around him are pretty good. But, you know, you can't say Detroit supporting cast is that much better than Rudy Gay and Rondo and all the fellas of Sacramento. So, to me, that means DeMarcus has got to change something to become a winner. So, you know, Towns – Cousins, Drummond, Howard, Jordan. I think that's the Ray and Tay top five centers, and you got to feel pretty good about the list. And, you know, obviously on Monday we'll, we'll come back and, and, and chew, chew up the power forwards because we're going to save the point guards and small forwards the, the best for last. They're more competitive. So Monday we'll do the power forwards. The NBA combine is happening, you know, this weekend, yesterday and today. We'll see what happens out of there. Maybe talk about it a little bit on Monday. We end the show, quick half hour, with the NHL playoffs. I mean, we didn't necessarily, you know, have it all together or have it play out the way we thought it would. But, you know, I told you Pitt would take care of your, your, your Alex Ovechkin Capitals. When you see Pitt-Tampa – who do you think is going to represent the Eastern Conference in, in the Stanley Cup Finals, right? Uh, you know, I got to say that this Pittsburgh team is surprising. I didn't oh, think yeah. they'd get as far as they can. But Steve Stamkos, if he's able to return, and if Ben Bishop can stay at least warm, not even hot, <laughs> I like the Lightning. I think the really? Lightning are, yeah, I think they're taking care of business in six. The Panthers are, the Panthers, the, <laughs> the Penguins, um, they can play. And, and you know what's funny is they did all of their damage without Crosby and Malkin. <laughs> think about that, right? They've got great, great production out of everybody except their two megastars. So, that bodes well for playing in the next, you know, deep in the next round. But I just feel like this is one of those magical seasons, and Tampa Bay tends to go on them. And if they can get Steve Stankos back, ah, ooh, they got they got a, they got a shot. So I, I'm going with the Lightning in six. Okay, you know, I've been going back and forth in this, and honestly, I was pleasantly surprised about how um, Pitt took care of Washington and. Tampa took care of my Islanders, so I, I definitely feel some sort of props of respect for them. But Pitt has home ice. It doesn't matter much in hockey. But to me, Sid the Kid hasn't even done anything yet, and I think it's time for him to wake up and warm up and heat up. And I think Pitt's going to go the the limit, and I think the Penguins are going to beat the Lightning in seven games. I, I feel it, and that's where I'm going. So the West. San Jose against St. Louis. I don't know which city you'd rather visit, but <laughs> San Jose and St. Louis. Well, Not necessarily hockey, hockey towns, right? You, you know, you're like, right. wait a minute. But the Blues against the, um, the, Sharks. the Sharks. What are you thinking? Oof. You know what? This is a tough one because San Jose at times – 
can look great. Um, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with St. Louis. I'm gonna go with the Blues. I think that this is one of those years where anything can happen, and we've got a chance now to have a St. Louis Tampa Bay, <laughs> or either way. I mean, Pittsburgh is kind of more of a hockey town, but yeah. can you imagine, like, again, another Florida team and, and one of those, you know, sort of non-traditional hockey uh, hockey uh, cities. NHL, like, listen, San Jose. They already, they're already killing themselves. They lost all their marketability. I mean, they, they, their big hope now is that probably Sid the Kid and the Penguins get in there and heat up, you know what I mean? Oh, they need, yeah, they definitely need, yeah. uh, they need the marketability of Sid the Kid for sure. So, uh, you know what? In a tight one, I'll say seven games, but I'll go with the St. Louis Blues. The Blues. Well, listen, I, I got to agree with you, and I think they're actually going to win in six. But I think um, – Physical, I think, big, you know. Yeah. That, oh, uh, yeah. The Blues – Listen, it's going to be a rough series. San Jose is, is very competitive. Both those game sevens in the West were ho-hum, both blowouts. But I think uh, St. Louis is going to wind up playing Pittsburgh, and uh, we'll see it play out over the next week and a half. But I, I definitely like the Blues, but I like them at six. So we both got the Blues, and you got the Lightning, and I got the Penguins. So we'll see how the, the hockey plays out. Um so, listen, it'll be a great sports weekend. You know, we'll see how uh, Ray enjoys the Cubs in Chicago. I'll be checking out early next week. But we'll talk Monday, but Tuesday Wednesday, I'm going to check out the Yankees visiting the Diamondbacks. Got to like that. They're coming to town. So, you know, Tay's got to go represent for the Bronx Bombers. Uh, your boy Harper got suspended a game, you know. I'm like, uh, he probably deserved it. And, uh, and Bradford's he's back at the Eagles. Yeah, he's a mess. He's a mess, but uh, you know, I, I think he he teeters great. on representing representing the new the new NHL. I mean, the new MLB. So there's positives, but listen, once you've been kicked out, you don't deserve to come back on the field and then curse the ump. You know what I mean? You can't do that. So it, it's it's a no brainer to me. So great show, Ray. And um, listen, we'll see what happens. Maybe Dwayne Wade's got some magic. In, in his uh, in the palm of his hand and can pull it out and maybe wins well. Maybe justice will yeah, be Yeah, there's served. nothing like a game seven. So even if it's just the basketball fan in me, I always root for game seven. Definitely, definitely. And like I said, Monday night we will preview the conference finals for the West and, and definitely we'll find out about the East as well. So have a great sports weekend. Be safe out there. Enjoy the warm weather. It's getting warm across the nation everywhere. And um, like always, thanks. Thanks for listening. We're out. Great week. Go Jason Day. Fifth major. <laughs>